chatting in the background. Uh, uh, for those that listen to a podcast, maybe later on or watch the video a little bit later on, <clears throat> I do have people who join me live uh, on Facebook and YouTube uh, as this is being recorded. And we have comments back and forth. And for some reason, my fingers type mood ring this morning instead of morning. And so we're chatting about mood rings. Those of us that are, oh, I don't know how long they've been around, but those of us that are maybe in the 50-plus range, I, I know that they were something when I was a kid, and, and, you know, it's like, does it really work? And, you know, and they did change colors, um, weird things. Anyway, sometimes we talk about some uh, some interesting, funny things as we get started. Morning, But good morning to all of you who are joining live. <clears throat> to anybody that's listening at a little bit later, Time of day, hello to you as well. We're in the book of Philippians. We're in the third chapter 
uh, just working our way through. And the point of this broadcast is to help us learn how to walk like Jesus. And part of walking like Jesus is uh, part of walking like Jesus is is thinking the way he thought, uh, making his priorities our priorities, allowing his character to be imprinted upon our character, uh, and then making him known, sharing what we share with other people in some fashion, way, form. And, you know, it's my prayer that I've had some impact upon all of you um, who listen and, and those who maybe listen in other places of the world or other places of the country, and even to consider your Facebook posts and things like that. I mean, how... How do those things uh, maybe point other people to Christ? I mean, that's, that's a question that, that I have and that I'm thinking about, and, and I would hope for you that uh, uh, you know, you'd be able to point other people to Christ uh, through even your Facebook post or uh, social media posts and things of that nature. So uh, anywhere, uh, Fran saying prayer answered, well, maybe it's about what I just said, uh, or maybe there's another prayer request. I, I, I'm not sure, but uh, I'd love to hear about that. Meantime, we're going to get over into the book of Philippians chapter 3 and pick up. We were talking about legalistic righteousness yesterday, and some people that are so bound into uh, uh, into legalistic righteousness and, you know, Afraid to breathe almost, and yet I'm around other people, especially those who are, are strongly reformed people who uh, uh, have great freedom in Christ. When your confidence is in Christ, you can have great freedom in Christ. That doesn't mean that we should abuse, uh, you, you should abuse your freedoms in Christ, but I, I know people who run around in fear of, what if I do the wrong thing? Well, you know what? If, if you're walking with the Lord, he's going to make it evident to you if you're doing the wrong thing. He's going to convict your heart. And uh, so you know, enjoy the freedom that you have in Christ. That, that's what I would encourage you with. Let's, let's get into uh, Philippians chapter 3. I'm going to read through the first several verses, and then we're going to pick up at verse 7. Because that is where we are. It says, finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. It's no trouble for me to write the same things to you again and a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs, those men who do evil, those mutilators of the flesh. And why does he call them mutilators of the flesh? Because they were saying, look, unless you're, uh, you know, if you're male, unless you're circumcised, you, you cannot be in the way. And Paul rejects that. He says, uh, for it is we who are the circumcision, those whose hearts have been circumcised, whose hearts have been opened to Christ. We who worship by the Spirit of God, who glory in Christ Jesus, who put no confidence in the flesh. And, and that would be for us to put no confidence in the flesh, that our confidence is in Christ and in Christ alone. That is where our confidence is. We glory. Notice what it says. We glory in Christ. We 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 revel in Christ. We um, we enjoy Christ. We find delight. We find pleasure in Christ. And you know, to to be in a place in life where we just simply enjoy Christ in that type of a way is is truly a phenomenal thing. He goes on and says this. He says, "I myself, oops, I myself 
have reasons for such confidence in the flesh. If anyone thinks he has reason to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. He's talking about he met all the legalistic requirements. Uh, he said, circumcised the eighth day, the people of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, of Hebrew of Hebrews in regard to the law of Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for legalistic righteousness, faultless. This is his pedigree. Uh, th- these are his, you know, uh, if he could have certificates to hang on his wall, they would be certificates that read these types of things. And I know Christians, and perhaps you've been a Christian, who hangs your hat on your legalistic righteousness. And sometimes it's such a turnoff to to people. Uh, you know, we act all that, and yet, you know, we need to be more humble. We need to be able to acknowledge our, our faults, our foibles, our failures, Um to acknowledge our, our continuing and uh, constant need of Christ, his mercy, his grace, his forgiveness, all of those things that we need rather than, hey, look at me, I'm Joe Super Christian. Well, I am no super Christian. I would, I would rather Paul, in writing to Timothy, called himself the chief among sinners. I would rather regard myself as the, the, the chief among sinners who is flung myself upon the mercy of Christ and it's all the mercy of Christ it's all the grace of Christ it's all uh, it, it, it's all the tenderness it's all the kindness it's all the patience it's all the love of Christ and I, I throw myself upon all of that because I I need that in Christ uh, in myself I'm really really nothing much to talk about but Christ is everything to talk about. And so what he says now in verse 7, as we kind of pick up where we left off yesterday, verse 7, whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. I want to look at this word loss. I'm going to go into the King James Plus down in verse 7, and I'm pulling up for us. We can see the Strong's Concordance. Gain, kurdos, of uncertain affinity. Gain, lucre, those might be ways uh, or of, of incredible value. So things that were gain, things that were of that lucre, things of that uncertain affinity. He says, I now count them loss. What is this word loss? Let me pull this up. Uh I now consider to my detriment. Uh, Dezamia. Dezamia. Now, the Z has a D sound in it. Dezamia is to my detriment. All these things that I thought were to my good really are to my detriment. Uh, And getting it back into the NIV 84, uh, I compare everything a loss. I, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ. Now let's look at verse eight and pull up this word. I'm, I'm wanting you to see you can do these things as well if you get the 
this particular Bible app, the eSword Bible app. Here it is. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung. Now, that's but dung. That's with one T, but you could put two T's on that, but dung. I think that's where it comes from, is the but. Uh, anyway, here it is, scubalon, and uh, that that is the word... Uh, from scubus, what's thrown to the dogs, what is considered a refuge, what is, what is considered dung, what is considered excrement, that's what we think of all of our good things. Scubalon, scubus is the root word of that for dung. I just taught you a Greek word for kaka. And uh, so we, we look at all these things. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't feel good about ourselves. What I am saying is we should feel great about Christ and who we are in him. We will fail. Uh, we, we, will, we will spill our coffee or drop our toast on the floor this morning and have a hissy fit uh, over things so simple as that. And, and it does happen. Anybody else ever been there? No, I, I haven't dropped my toast. I haven't had toast this morning. Um, I haven't spilled my coffee yet. Uh, none of those things have happened, but but sometimes just the slightest thing can set us off. Anybody else ever been there? It's just something small, and we're irritated, we're angry, we're, you know, and what does it take? So we look at ourselves, and, and Paul says, I, I just consider it all rubbish. Why I want to gain Christ, he says, in verse 8, I want to gain Christ. I want to be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. We ascertain our our righteousness by faith. We ascertain our righteousness by taking hold of Christ and and, and, and this is a, a glorious passage that, that just tells us what, what should be the posture of our pursuit, pursuing Christ, looking at all of our goodness, looking at our all of our what we think is worthwhile, and think, I want to pursue Christ. But I want to ask you a question. Uh, and th- this this is a rabbit trail question. It's actually a dog trail, tail, trail question. I want you to listen for a moment. Do you hear crunch, crunch, crunch beside me? I want to know how, how much my microphone is is uh, canceling out this uh, noise that is lying beside me named Bucky, my associate black lab, uh, who is crunching on a, on a bone. You don't hear it? Well, that's good. That's good to know because I thought for sure that would be a, a – it's a distraction to me, but if it's not a distraction to you – then I can, I, I can press beyond it. So, uh, and if you happen to hear it, just go. I hear Bucky at some point in time, so I'll know to move Bucky away. He's not crunching too loudly at the moment. He's being more gentle with the bone on which he's chewing. Anyway, back to the text. Not to be distracted by a dog, but to think about all that Paul is saying here in this passage and how rich, uh, rich. 
rich it is. Whatever to my profit, I consider loss for the sake of Christ. Uh, what is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, that he is all. Uh, for whose sake I have lost all things, I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes to the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, a righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. Now, twice in verse 9, <clears throat> we see the word faith. Here it is. Uh, uh, that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God, and is by faith, taking a hold of Christ by faith, holding on to Christ by faith, wanting to know him, wanting to walk with him, and and, and, and to allow the, the struggles, the pressures, the pains, the problems of life to fade in light of the gloriousness of Christ, in, in light of the gloriousness of his power that is at work within us, which we will get to verse 10 here in just a moment, that our confidence for salvation is in Christ, that our confidence for righteousness is in Christ, that our, our confidence for life is in Christ, that our, our confidence for our own self-worth is in Christ, all in Christ to be found in him. How will it be found in him? You know, I was sitting at, uh, at, at my devotions chair. That's what I'll call it now, a chair that's in, out in the kitchen area, the foyer area of our house. I have a chair, and I, I will sit there in the mornings and drink my coffee, and I have my Bible. It's my NLT filament Bible that I'm using with the, the extra-large print. And... Uh, I, I'm just kind of lost in a good way in Psalm 25 right now, and I'm looking at three things. The the person of God, what, what does it teach about the person of God? In my study of Psalms currently, I'm looking for what I learn about God and his person, his name, uh, his His works, and, and just everything that's talking about God. That, that's all I'm circling now. But then I got contemplating this morning. So, so what is the posture that David takes toward God in that psalm? And, and what are his prayers that he lifts up to God in that psalm? In fact, that would be great for anybody that has time today, you know, and, and are on a reading plan of a different nature, Psalm 25. Okay, what do we learn about the person of God from Psalm 25? What do we learn about David's posture toward God in Psalm 25? And, and what do we learn about the prayers that, that David lifts up to God in Psalm 25? To, to, to be lost in, in thought and contemplation and, and thinking about the goodness of God and the mercy of God and the greatness of God and the presence of God and the power of God and, and, and the unconditional love of God and the grace of God and, and, and the peace of God and, and all these things. To live life in that way. And I know life has its many distractions. I have, I have big things on my mind. Uh, as well, I mean, I, I have a college that I'm trying to lead into a uh, uh, into a, a a different place, a better place. And I'll tell you, I can't do it. I, I'm just absolutely convinced I can't do it. it. It what is needed, and there are many good things happening. Trust me, there are many many good things. But I had a conversation. I had a thirty two thousand dollar conversation yesterday, and okay, Lord, I need to figure out how to come up with that. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of great things happening, but it's like, Lord, I've got to figure out how to come up with that. So 
you know, pray for me, but but you and your life to think about the problems and the, and the pressures that you have in your life. And what Christ invites us to do is to come to him and say, will you trust me with that? Remember the fishes and the loaves and, and what he's able to do, that if we're doing the works of God, doing the will of God, God will show up in, in, in an unprecedented way or maybe precedented as we read what God does for his people through the Bible. He's saying, trust me. He's saying, look to me. Now, I'm preaching to myself right now. If you don't need to hear this, you can just tune me out. But, but I would venture to say he's talking to you too and saying to you, trust me. And for us to live our lives like Paul in this place of not having a righteousness of our own, that which comes through faith in Christ to righteousness, which is by God. And then he says this in verse 10. He says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. And so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. I want to know Christ. I want to know the powers of his resurrection. And, and so this, what did his, what, what is the power of his resurrection? Jesus was dead, not breathing, heart not pounding, brain not functioning, dead. Blood and water poured from his side, dead, certified, dead. It can't get much worse than that. And if the power of God was able to raise Jesus from the dead, what can the power of God do in your circumstances and in my circumstances if we will walk with Christ, if we will make Christ our all in all, if we'll uh, embrace sharing in his sufferings, if we'll embrace becoming like him in his death. And it says, somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead, whatever your circumstance, whatever it is, as it says in these verses here, that we would be like Paul. We're facing difficult circumstances. We're facing uh an unseen but very powerful enemy. We're facing the prospect of martyrdom in, in Paul's case, or whatever it might be. But that our posture, our confidence would be in Christ and that our leaning would be toward Christ and wanting to know him better, wanting to know him more. What does he say in verse 12? He says, I have not obtained all of this, or have I already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ took hold of me. Friend, Christ took hold of you. Why? For a reason. Christ took hold of you that he might perfect you. Christ took hold of you that he might make you all he wants you to be. And he says, verse 13, brothers, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. This, my friends, and, and Walter quoted a great verse, uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust the Lord with all your heart, 
Don't lean on your own understanding. and all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. That's in the comments where Walter Huss uh, has quoted that verse. But that this would become our posture, what we read here. I press on to take hold of that for which Christ took hold of me. And, you know, I, I'm sitting here and I'm kind of thinking, you know, what, what was God's purpose for me? For what reason did Christ take hold of me? What is he trying to accomplish in me? What is his plan for me? Well, you can ask the same question. What is his plan for you? And then live into his plan for you, whatever that plan is. His plan for you might be the way that you love and care for people uh, as you serve them as a nurse. That might be his plan for you. You demonstrate especially demonstrate the compassion, the tenderness, the mercy to Christ for those who, who perhaps have dementia to press into that life if that is what God has for you. Um, but what does God have for you? Uh, God has, Dawn is a huge encouragement to me in this broadcast. And, you know, there's probably far more we can do. And, and, and you know, I, I get people saying, hey, if you pay me, we'll figure out how to get this broadcast out all over the place. And sometimes I think, should I do that or shouldn't I do that? What do we need to do? to expand what we do. Uh, but part of it would be if we expanded a lot, it would be maybe a lot less personal. Um, but Don is a tremendous encouragement. And Don, uh, Don and his perch doing what he what he's doing, Christy doing what she's doing. I'm naming people who are in the comments section here this morning. Uh, some of you, uh, and I just throw this out there, some of you run in circles of, of people that have resources that perhaps God would say, would you invest your resources in kingdom things? Uh, and some of you maybe would say, hey, I would invite some people uh, to a gathering uh, to, to consider. You know, they can't take it with them. I saw a great video the other day of Alexander the Great who said, you know, I want my hands when you carry me through the streets after my death to, to be dangling off off the, the bed in which you carry me because I, I, I want people to see my empty hands. I, I want you to line the streets with gold uh, because I want people to understand that it's, it's on the ground under their feet because you can't take it with you. And so some of you maybe run in circles like that and would say, hey, you know, I, I would bring people together to have a conversation about, uh, you know, kingdom investments. That might be your place. That might be your your uh, your way. Some of you are, are monster, and monster is a good word just for the record, at, uh, at throwing phenomenal events. Uh, I, I was blown away by the event that took place on Saturday. Uh, here, here, great job. Uh, and and it, it, Fran was really, um, she, she wouldn't say it, but she was the mastermind behind everything I think that happened there, and I was blown away. Okay, you know, what's next? What's the next thing that, that God might be calling you to do? Press on. Why has God taken hold of you? What's his purpose for you? When we learn his purpose and live into his purpose, we can flourish. 
you know, and, and, and I'm saying some of this for myself just this morning. I, I don't want to flounder. I don't want to flounder at all. I want to press into all that, uh, that God has for me to do. And, and, and I want to encourage you to press into all that God has for you to do as well. Now, let me finish reading this verse because we're this, this section, we're about out of time. He said, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me, having a word in Christ Jesus, to press on, to forget what's behind. Now, forgetting what behind, what's behind might be yesterday. Uh, what Forgetting what's behind might be last night. Forgetting what's behind might be this morning. Whatever it might be, press on. You might have gotten out of bed this morning on the wrong side of the bed, right, ran right in the wall, and it's already a bad day, and say, I'm going to put that behind me, and I'm going to press on into Christ. And uh, to be all that, that, that Christ wants me to be. So here we go. Finishing out a few verses. All of us who are mature should take such a view of things. And if at some point you think differently, God will make that clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. He says, join with others and following my example, brothers, and take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you. And so I look at myself and say, am I setting the example? I look at myself and say, am I setting a pattern? That, and I would say to you, follow the pattern. There, there are aspects. I would certainly say, follow the pattern. I, I need to be able to say, follow the pattern. You need to say that. And he says this, for as I have often told you before, before and now say again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. Their glory is their shame. Their mind is on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who, by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. We will come back and talk about some of that tomorrow uh, as we move from chapter 3 into chapter 4, there's a lot more commentary that could be given on that section. But for today, you know, follow the example. Take note of those who live according to the pattern that, that we've been given. Follow their example. Let us live up to what we've been given in Christ. Let us press on in Christ. Let us strain forward in Christ. Let us put the past behind us in Christ and let's count Christ precious to us today. Lord, hear our prayer that Christ would be precious to us today. Draw us close. Make Christ our pursuit. Make Christ our passion. Make Christ our pleasure today. May people find Jesus just permeating us and present in us. Others might know Jesus or be encouraged in Jesus as well, Lord. All for the glory of Jesus, we pray. Lord, hear our prayer. Amen. Have a great day, everyone. See you tomorrow.